I mean it. I love the transformation in that video of their hearts. Did you see that? It was all of these things and all of these goals and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And it was all about them making it happen. I am going to, I'm going to hang out with my kids at the skate park and I'm going to get rid of baggage. I'm going to, there was a shift like, oh, wait a second. I'm going to let you change my heart, right? And so there was that heart change. So that's what we're going to talk about today. The title of my message is Change of Heart. That's this little heart. Ronan walked up this morning. He's like, what is that? And I'm like, it's a heart. And he's like, what's it for? He was asking me a million questions. And I was like, I don't know. It's just a heart. So there's your heart. Um, So I mean it. We're going to talk about different things about our heart. I think this time of year, I was talking with John this morning, um, how we need a reset button. And sometimes this time of year is like a good, like, it's acceptable. Everyone else is doing it. So it's okay to be like, this is a good time to start something new, right? It's like that reset button. The good news for us as Christian is we have that reset button every minute of every day. Jesus is the reset button. When we get in our yuck and we get in our filth, Jesus, reset. Jesus, reset. But today we're going to talk about the next year and our change of heart. We can try to change lots of things, and sometimes we can change some of those, but it really is about a matter of the heart and a change of the heart. I loved at the end of that video how they were vulnerable, right? It, it became less about what they were saying and more about, oh, it's about here. It was about vulnerability. It was about being raw and real and going, yeah, I have some baggage, and yeah, I need to come to you more, or whatever that looked like, but it was from a place of connection. This morning we're going to talk about three words. I think they're cool words, but they're not super popular or super fun. Um, if we can get those three words up there. Um, they talk about a change of heart, transform, new mercies, and in Christ. So I guess it's three phrases, right? It's not really three words. Transform, new mercies, and in Christ. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you give us a heart, that you tend to our heart, that you mold our heart, you hold our heart, you shape our heart. God, is your heart. And out of our hearts come all things. So God, right now, I just pray that the walls, the boxes, the barriers, the, the bandages around our hearts would come off. Lord, that there would be healing and revelation and laughter and joy that fill our hearts to overflowing. God, you can change hearts. I have nothing to say that could change a heart. It's only by your spirit. So Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you work? Would you speak? Would you tenderly care for? Would you produce? Would you generate? Would you bring to life all that you have? for our hearts and for our lives. We give you this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So here's some goals for this morning. I love goals because then I can check them off. Um, In order to have a change of heart, we have to have three things that we're going to focus on today. We must allow God to transform us. Right? Notice I didn't say we must transform ourselves. We must allow God to transform us. We must embrace and daily receive his new mercies. And the third one, we must be found in Christ. 
Okay, so let's talk about that first one, transform. So in talking about this word, the definition of this is to change, to alter, to, co- to change something by conversion or a metamorphosis. It comes from the Greek word metamorpho, to change, transfigure, or transform. Pretty simple, right? So a couple years ago, I was checking out at Sports Authority. I missed that store, by the way. Um, and this girl, a young girl, had a tattoo on her arm, and it was it was her whole in arm right here. And it said Romans 12.2, like huge. And I'm like running through all the files of my memorized scripture, and I couldn't come up with it. And I was like, hey, what does Romans 12.2 say? And she said, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's a line of people behind me, and I'm like, yeah. I was like, I love that scripture, but it caught me by surprise, right? Most tattooed arms or backs or legs or whatever say something like, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, or peace, or I know the thoughts I have for you. They're like, feel good. And there's nothing wrong with that. It just caught me by surprise. It didn't say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or Jesus loves me. It said, do not be conformed to this world. That was it. And I just thought, I said, that's really cool. And it was really cool because it was a young person too. And so I get to my car and throughout the rest of the day, I pondered that scripture and thought, what a cool choice. And my guess is she did it as a reminder. Because how easy is it to transform, or to conform, sorry, to conform to the world. I do it all the time. I don't mean to. And I'm like, do-do-do, and I'm like, oh, that's yucky. I don't want to do that. Or I'll say something to my kids, or I'll have a conversation later. I'm like, I don't believe that. That's not biblical. That's not what God says. And sometimes I have these self-talk conversations, and then I'm like, I'm telling myself I'm dumb, or I did it wrong, or I don't measure up. And I'm like, that's not true. We just conform, right? I saw this video, and it was pretty cool. It was a long video, so I wasn't going to show it today. But it had all these people, like, on the escalator at the airport where they're all just standing there, but they're moving, right? They'll have their luggage, and they're just, like, going along. in the And it talked about going through the red of the day, the day-to-day, the mundane, and all these people just kind of standing there on this thing, just floating along. And this guy all of a sudden looks over, and he sees Jesus on the side. And he, like, second, second looks, and he's like, oh, wait, and... He hears Jesus say, come here. And so he turns around. So now everyone's going this way on the the little, what is it called? Escalator, conveyor belt thing. Yeah. They're all going that way. And so Jesus is now behind him, right? So he turns around and he starts walking. So he's walking against the, the way of the escalator thing. And so he's talking to Jesus. So he has to do this. And he's talking to Jesus. And you see them kind of talking back and forth. And he he gets excited, and all of a sudden, he's not black and white anymore in the video. He's all of a sudden color, and he's walking, and then he starts noticing people go by, and then he starts going that way. Before you know it, he's faced this way, and he's just in the mundane like everybody else. And Jesus is over there. And then you hear Jesus say, come here. And he turns around, and he's like, oh, yeah. And then the music builds, builds, and it talks about coming to him. And he starts running on that escalator back to Jesus. So everybody's going this way, do-do-do, real slow, mundane, no color. And he's running against the grain to get back to Jesus. And I thought, what a powerful demonstration or illustration of what happens when we lose sight of Jesus. We just become the day-to-day, 
just doing my business. There's nothing exciting. God's not doing anything. I'm definitely not affecting anyone else. I'm just in my own thing, going to my own place. I thought, that is so great. But guys, we do. We have to run against the grain to get to Jesus, to live a life of not conforming, but being what? Transformed, right? I love that scripture, being transformed. There's two powerful words in there. We don't want to be conformed. That means to look alike, to repeat, to mimic. Transform means to be changed, right? It means to be changed. In order to have a change of heart, we must allow God to what? Transform us. Amen? Amen. The second one, new mercies. Everybody say new mercies. New mercies. We're going to read Lamentations 3, 22 through 24. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. Isn't that so great? Sometimes when I'm praying over my kids at night, I quote that scripture because I'm like, tomorrow, his mercies are new. And we know his mercies are new at that moment too, but there's something about waking up. His mercies today are new. In this scripture, Jeremiah is consoling himself. Everything around him is a wreck. There's all this destruction. There's all this judgment. And he needs God's mercy, right? It says, his compassions fail not. This tells me that God's love is not spent. Isn't that great news? His love is not spent, nor can it be spent. It's full. It's always available. It can never run out. Can we even wrap our minds around that? God's love can never run out for us, ever. It's always available. I like how it says his, his mercies are new every morning. That tells me that we need them every morning. He could have said, his mercies are new every Sunday. And we'd have a whole week. And Sunday would be like, yes, finally. Or maybe his, new, his mercies are new when you get saved. Every single morning, his mercies are new. Isn't that awesome? So when we accept that, we accept, like I said during worship, everything that he is. Everything that Jesus is. That's in his new mercies every morning. I have a spirit-filled life Bible, which I love. And here's what it says about this part. Where grace emphasizes the freeness of God's love, mercy stresses the freeing of our lives from the misery of disobedience. I'm going to read that again. Where grace emphasizes the freeness of God's love towards us, Mercy stresses the freeing of our lives from the misery of disobedience. Do you know how yucky it feels when you're disobedient? It's yucky. There's plenty of things that the Lord is asking me to do right now, and I'm pushing through and I'm trying to do them for him because I know there's breakthrough in it, and I know there's things that are on the other side, and it's hard. And I always tell my kids, anything worth anything is hard. If it were easy to be lazy, great. It's everything that we're not supposed to do or that doesn't have any rewards, it's kind of easy. Eating, sitting on the couch, eating chips, getting fat, that's easy. 
Going to the gym, eating healthy, that's hard. Right? I love that girl on the video getting out of her comfort zone. She was petrified of people. She's like, well, maybe I'll go and work with the cats. Because it's hard, but it's worthwhile, right? There is fruit in those things. So in order to have a change of heart, we must embrace and daily receive his new mercies. Amen? All right, third one, in Christ. This always confused me as a new Christian. When I was younger, I would hear all these songs about it. I would hear people talking about, in Christ, in Christ. And I'm like, yeah, I get it, in Christ. And I'm like, what does that really mean? In Christ. So let's read about it. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Woohoo! Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's in Christ. Isn't that beautiful? I'm a new creation. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away and become new. To be in Christ gives you a new perspective. It should be seeing everything with a different perspective because it's seeing it from his perspective. When I see it from my perspective, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's overwhelming. That's exhausting. When am I going to do that? That's hard. When I see it from God's perspective, he's like, look at these people. Look at these lives. Look at your kids. When you minister to them, they're going to be grandpas sharing the love of Jesus because of what you're doing today. Oh, in Christ. That's awesome. Revelation 21.5 says, Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. So this whole New Year's resolution, this restart, this reset, guess what? It's not our idea. It's not our idea. It's not because the calendar ran out or somebody way back, way, way back in the day decided to do... No, he. this is his idea. All things are new. Behold, I, God of creation, God of all things, God of your heart, make all things new. So in order to have a change of heart, we must be found in Christ. So I say this all the time. And I'm, I'm going to keep saying it because I believe it. We live from our heart. There's all sorts of things God does in our mind and in our lives and all this. But it begins in our heart. When I feel like I'm being unforgiving and I'm being nasty and I have a bad perspective and I'm grumpy and I'm tired and I'm weary or angry, whatever it is, I guarantee you it's an issue of my heart. I bring my heart to him. And lo and behold, all things are new. When I'm functioning and I'm loving and I'm like, yeah, I'm in Christ and I see the fruit of my walk with the Lord, it's because of my heart. I'm connected. I'm repentant. I'm before him. I'm bringing things to him. I'm in Christ. I truly believe that everything externally that happens to us is a result of what is on the inside internally. I truly believe that. The things that go on around me, the things that I say, the things that I do, all of the external pieces, it's a pretty good judge of what's going on internally. Amen? 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. 
It is a day today. And what a trick of the enemy to get us on that escalator thing so that we just do the mundane, day in and day out, da-da-da-da-da, because we're supposed to be being renewed every day, right? So everything that comes out of the heart, think about this. Our internal systems, what does that look like? Our beliefs, our thoughts, our thought processes, our emotions, our convictions, our motivations. We could go on and on and on. It's all a condition of the heart. Ezekiel 36:26. I love the scripture. I will give you a new heart. Only God can change the heart. Only God. The definition of change is to make or become different, to act or instance of making something become different. So he does that. He changes the heart. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Ephesians 4.22-24, that you put off concerning the former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to his deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you may put on a new man, which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Do you see a theme here? This word new, new year, new season, new heart, new things. Behold, I will do a new work. How many people in here need a new work? I sure as heck know I do. He's the answer. He's the one. You need new thought patterns for this year? He's the one. You need new patterns of exercise and healthiness? He's the one. You need a new way of thinking, a new way of responding. That's a big one, right? When stuff comes at us that we can't control, how are we responding? There are times I'm like, wow, i got to handle that better next time. That was rough. It's him. He's the giver of the new things. The other day, Lynn and I worked together, and the other day a lady was leaving work. And I can't remember if she was frazzled or kind of a mess. I don't really remember what happened. But as she's walking out the door, she's like, I'm still a work in progress. Like, I don't even know what to say. I'm leaving. And Lynn was like, aren't we all? And she's like, yes. And I thought, isn't that the truth? But I think we say it as a bad thing. Like, I'm still a work in progress. Like, wah, 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 poor me. I'll figure it out someday. Guess what? We should celebrate that. We're supposed to be a work in progress. We should be constantly getting better. We should constantly be looking more and more like him. We should constantly be looking around going, wow, there's a little bit more fruit in my life this year. There's a little bit more grace in my words this year. There's a little more thought in spending time in God's word than it was a couple months ago. We should be doing that. But it's okay to be a work in progress. Say that. It's okay to be a work in progress. We should celebrate that. I guarantee if you look back in your life, you can go, I have grown. I know what I was like last year. I definitely know what I was like in my teens or 20s. And I'm like, yes, I've grown a lot. Sometimes I've grown a lot since yesterday. And I'm like, yay, I'm growing. Right? Or a couple hours ago. It's good. We should celebrate that. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will what? Will think about it. He'll pray for you. He'll hope it gets better. No. Let's read it again. Being confident in this very thing, that he who begun a good work in you 
will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Right there, we're a work in progress, and that's okay. Isaiah 43, 18-19, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Let's talk about that for a minute. How many of you dwell in the past and beat yourself up? Good, raise my. It's all good. We think about it. We meditate on it. We remember it. We loathe it. We, ugh, we feel bad about it. We feel guilty and we feel shameful and we feel, it's like this record that just replays and the enemy is like taunting us, right? Over and over. We're not supposed to do that. It says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, here we go again. I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Think about that. A road where there's no road and a river where there's no water. There's no water coming. There's no water falling. He can do that. He can make a river in the middle of the desert. He can make a road where there's no road in the wilderness, right? So can you change? Yes. The answer is yes. Can you change this year, this moment, this reset? Whether the reset's because it's a new year, or the reset is just a season, whether you're like this morning, oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, I want to change. Good point. It's now. And yes, you can change. And here's also what I want to challenge you with. Your spouses, can they change? Yes. Is it your job? No. The answer is no. The right answer is no. Don't try. It doesn't work. Pray. That's how that works. Your kids, can they change? Yes. Can that coworker who drives you crazy, who's anti-whatever or bitter or whatever drives you crazy, can they change? Yes. So we don't only get to believe that for ourselves. We get to believe the best about those around us. They can change. And we can also pray into that. God spoke the world into existence, right? We can speak into those things and watch what God does. There's a quote from The Last Jedi. We went and saw it as a family. It was super fun. I don't know all of the things, so it was just more like entertainment for me. Everyone else was like, yeah, and this and this person. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But Kylo Ren said this, and I got out my phone and wrote it down. And I don't remember anything from movies except for maybe like what somebody wore or where it took place. Um, Here's what he said. He said, let the past die. Kill it if you have to. That's the only way to become what you were meant to be. Wow. I was like, that should be in the Bible. That's awesome. (laughs) It probably is a little bit different than that. Let the past die. Yeah, that's, okay, let the past die, whatever. Kill it if you have to. Kill it. Slay it. See you later. Don't remember you. That's the only way to become what you're meant to be. So think about those things that you're meant to be. What does that look like for you? If your past is holding you back, you got to kill it. You can't wait for it to die. You can't wait for someone else to deal with it. Kill it. Get rid of it. Boom. Move on. Amen? Last week, if you weren't here, Mark preached a really powerful message, and he talked about the word change 
Shana. And the second meaning of it meant the change and how God does that. So if you haven't heard it, go listen to it. It's powerful. Our, our former pastor Al said this all the time. You reproduce what you remember. And at first I was like, yeah, yeah, he always says that. And then I was like, well, let me think about that. Why does he keep saying that? You reproduce what you remember. So if you're constantly remembering the past and the past isn't so great, guess what you're reproducing over and over? If you're mad and you're bitter about that and you keep remembering it, guess what? You're still bitter. About, now you're bitter about that and now it's today and it's tomorrow and you're still bitter about that. You're going to reproduce what you remember. There's a quote from Abraham Lincoln. The best thing about the future is that it comes only one day at a time. Isn't that awesome? We get overwhelmed with the future. We're like, I just want to be all these things, and I want to do all these things, and I want to look like Jesus. And then five minutes later, we're like, I failed. And then you get discouraged because you're like, I can't do all those things. I can't even, like, be nice to my mom in the morning or whatever. It comes one day at a time. Your future is one day at a time. So today, just like the birds in the air, right, he takes care of them for that day. And then tomorrow, take your heart before the Lord and deal with tomorrow, right? So in order to have a change of heart, these are the three things we've talked about. We must allow God to transform us. David, you want to come on up? We must allow God to transform us. We must allow God to transform us. Amen? Not conform. The second one, we must embrace and daily receive his new mercies. They're there. There's plenty of days I don't claim those mercies, but they are there every morning. Just for me. Just for you. Every morning. And the third thing, we must be found in Christ. That's where our freedom is, in Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you are the God of new mercies. You are the God of new, new hearts, new minds, new thoughts. You created that. You spoke the world into existence. You are why new is new. You are the reset button. You are the good news. So God, this morning I am asking that in every one of our hearts you would press the reset button. That you would reset our minds, our hearts to beat to your beat. To think as you think. To feel as you feel. To be motivated by what you're motivated by. You are good. I thank you that you are the God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances and hundredth chances and thousands of chances because you love us. Lord, it's not about striving to get it right. It's about loving you. And when we love you, all the other things just happen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. God, when we seek you first and we put you first, the fruit is of you. It's goodness, it's kindness, it's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's self-control. God, for those in this room who are struggling with addiction of any sort, we just ask for the reset right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that those um, 
those desires and those lusts and those um, the pull from the enemy and from sin would lose its grip right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just speak your freedom over our minds, over our hearts, over our convictions. Be free in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that being new, although it seems hard, it's not because it's you who does it. You said, behold, I. You didn't say, behold, you better make yourself new. You said, behold, I make things new. That's what you do. So would you just do that? Would you just change our hearts, mold our hearts, and make us new this morning? God, we want this year to be different. We want this season to be different. We want our lives to be different so that we could be oozing the love of Jesus, so that the fruit around us would be all the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so that we could love those around us and so that they could come to know you. And they too could be having the fruit of walking in the Spirit. The closeness of connecting with a very real Jesus and a very real God who loves them. We can change. I can change. I can change. Because you are the God of change. Church, would you just take a moment, just this moment in time, and just in your own way, just connect with God and ask Him to change you. Not so that you're better, not so that you're more improved, not so that you can please people or look nice and pretty like you have it all together, but because your heart longs for the presence of God. Because as a deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. Because it's about a relationship. It's about connection. It's about love. It's a love affair between you and him. Life is hard. If you're a teenager, life is hard. If you're a kid, life can be hard. If you're an adult, if you've got gray hair, it doesn't matter. Life is hard. And I think culture tells us to push on and just figure it out. And That's not the heart of God. He wants to hold us and rescue us. He wants to heal us. And the only way we can do that is to be in him, to be found in him in the safety of his arms. So this year, I'm asking that you would join me in being there. Would you join me in being in him, found in his presence, found in his love, found in that broken place where you're like, you know, actually, I'm kind of a mess. I'm hurting, or I'm lonely, or I'm struggling. I'm battling. And guys, look around. This is community. You don't do it alone. If you have an addiction, if you have a struggle, you have something that you cannot overcome, do not do it on your own. Do not. You won't be able to do it. First, you need him. And second, you might need a buddy. You might need a partner. You might need a friend. You might need someone to lift your hands. 
I think we've all had those seasons. It's okay to be weak, right? He's the strong one. Amen? I love you guys. I want to encourage you, just press on. Press in, in him. Amen?